This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. With a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. So we become passive aggressive and then all of a sudden out of nowhere where it's really not even appropriate, we go flying off the handle. You know, nobody thinks about me. My needs are not not being met, da-da-da-da-da. But it's really you. You know, you haven't set them. You haven't made yourself a priority. And if you don't make yourself a priority, nobody else is going to. Imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy-to-use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hello, welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I am your host, Veronica Cisneros. Today's guest is a certified integrative coach through the Ford Institute for Transformational Training and the Live-In Life Coach Academy. She is certified as a breakthrough shadow coach, empowered parent coach, 
Courage Coach, Healing Your Heart Coach, Leadership Coach, Holistic Lifestyle Coach, and Bigger, Better, Braver Coaching. Holy moly, this lady is absolutely amazing. She is the author of the international bestseller, Bigger, Better, Braver. Conquer your fears, embrace your courage, transform your life. Holy moly, this is empowered and unapologetic written all over it. So please help me by welcoming Nancy Picard. Hey, Nancy. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm super excited to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, you did a really good job (laughs) just now. You definitely have coaching down packed. Yeah, I'm a master integrative life coach. And uh, in my previous life, I I owned a personal training gym. So I was a trainer for 16 years and I was a mother and I'm now a grandmother with four, four little grandchildren. And um, I became a coach about 10 years ago and it really all started back when I got divorced. Um, it hit me really hard. I'd been married yeah. 26 years. I didn't see it coming. It devastated me. I did not have the tools. I was not prepared And I stayed the victim in my story for a really long time. That's why I love this empowered and unapologetic because that's who I became over time. That's not who I was then. So for anybody who's going through a divorce, I have such compassion. But really the key is to become the co-creator, recognize where you co-created it because we all are the co-creators of our lives, even if it's just in our thoughts and our emotions, right? So it just took me a long time to get on the other side of it. And I've been coaching for 10 years. As you see, I have many certifications. And um, so I live right now, I live in Aspen, Colorado and outside of San Francisco. I split my time in both places. I'm an avid athletic pursuer. I hike, I bike, I ski, I do yoga. It's a big part of my life. And that with helping other people empower themselves and uncover the shadow beliefs that are keeping them stuck and keeping them small, which, you know, we can talk about later, but in a nutshell, that's basically who I am today, how I got where I am today. I absolutely love your story. Um, I found myself too in a similar predicament Um, My husband and I were literally one month from our divorce being final and um, same thing, wasn't prepared, just had our daughter. It was overwhelming, um, frustrating. And, you know, I love that you said, I didn't see it coming. I I didn't see it coming either. You know, I knew things were off. However, didn't know divorce was even an option. And when it was, and, um, you know, I'm given court papers and, you know, all of these changes, yeah, it hits you. It hits you hard. And when you don't have those tools, you don't have that ability to step outside of the emotion and instead allow the emotion to consume you. And those, those, you know, limiting beliefs, yeah, it could be, it could be a, a definitely a recipe for the perfect storm. So I love that you were able to use, you know, your story and your pain to help others because in so many ways you probably can relate with a lot of your clients. Oh my, the more things you have that 
get messed up in your life, the better coach you are. Right. I, I'm a mentor. I teach coaches how to be coaches. And I and they'll be like, well, but I've got this going on and this going on. How can I be a coach? I'm like, the more things you're you're uncovering about yourself and the more drama that you're coming out the other end, that's yeah. what will make you a great coach. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I strongly believe that. Um, same thing in the therapist world. You know, I, I supervise a good amount of clinicians or interns and they struggle with, wait a minute, you know, I'm going through it and it's like, awesome. How are you getting yourself out? What are you doing? You know, because a book can only help you so much. Your degree can only help you so much when you're sitting across from your clients, they need to know that you can relate with them. They need to know that you too have struggled and not necessarily so you you know, now you're exchanging stories and, you know, they're being your therapist, but more so of, listen, I've gone there, I've been there and I made, I was able to come out of it. I get to show you how I get to teach you coping skills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things, you know, I was, I was doing my research on you and I wanted to make sure we hit on today was autopilot you know, good amount of my listeners, we get stuck in autopilot and, you know, we're under the impression that we have to have all of these tasks done. And, you know, we're, we're, we're completely at, we're completely handcuffed by the day and we're consumed by everything that needs to get done for that day with a lot of our kids are going back to school, which means we have to be so much more organized and, you know, we put so much on our plate, not realizing that it's completely not humanly possible to get done. And we get into this autopilot thinking that this is a good thing. You know, I'm able to do X, Y, and Z and get all of these things done and zone out. However, in reality, that's not a good thing. It's keeping you from living intentionally. It's keeping you from really connecting with your family and connecting with yourself more importantly. And so can you speak to us about what autopilot looks like? What would be your definition of autopilot? Yeah, for me, autopilot is just running on the, like you're just going through the motions. You're not really aware of what you're doing. You're not emotionally present. So you don't even know if you're happy. You don't even know if things are not working in your life. You're just running on gas, right? You're not really paying attention. And so you can, at the end of the day, you can be unhappy, but you don't know why people come to me and they're unhappy and they're not even sure why, and they don't know what's working and what's not working because they're on autopilot. They're just going through the motions. So there's a lot of ways to get out of autopilot. And the first one is to just ask yourself some questions, you know, What's the most self-honoring thing I can do for myself today? If you start your day that way, you're going to, that right then and there, you're going to be centered. You're going to think about one thing you need to do, whether it's make a doctor's appointment or be mindful of your eating or get out and exercise, do what you say you're doing. So to me, staying in alignment with everything you tell yourself you're going to do cannot happen when you're in autopilot. And so you have to get out of autopilot. You have to recognize what you're doing in a day and what you're not doing in a day. And are your needs being met? You know, 
Are you setting healthy boundaries? Are your boundaries being kept? These are all things that we aren't aware of when we're just going through the motions. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest complaint for women that come to you? That are on they, um, Their needs are not being met or their boundaries are not being met or they're unhappy and they don't realize that it's because their boundaries are not being met. And it's because women generally are people pleasers, conflict avoiders, overgivers, overdoers. And so when you're that person, your needs are not even in the room, right? You don't even know what your needs are. And so if you don't know what your needs are, you can't expect the people in your life to know what their needs are. You don't exude them. You don't state them. You don't set them up as this is what I will and will not tolerate. And so you can't expect other people to. But what happens is that is exactly what does happen. So you go along, you go along, you go along. And just like trying to push a beach ball down into the water, all of a sudden it comes flying out the wrong way. That's what happens to women when we don't when our needs are not being met because we haven't stated them. So we become passive aggressive. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, where it's really not even appropriate, we go flying off the handle. Yeah. You know, nobody thinks about me. My needs are not, not being met, da, 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 da. But it's really you, you know, yep. you haven't set them. You haven't made yourself a priority. And if you don't make yourself a priority, nobody else is going to. Yep, absolutely. I, I agree with that. You mentioned women not being happy. They don't even know they're not happy because they're so stuck in autopilot. Can you tell us more about that? I think that they are, um, they're not happy, but they don't. So here's the thing. We all have these beliefs from our childhood. I mean, you're a therapist, so I know you know all of this, but we have beliefs from our childhood when we were too young emotionally to understand what was going on, an event happened, we made a belief about it. It's not even in our conscious level. Like I can give you an example. When I was five years old, I was playing with a lighter and I put my, my little party dress on fire and I was up in flames and I was in the hospital for a week. And I had, my whole body was burnt, but first and second degree burns. So I didn't end up at the end of the day with scars on my body. I never got in trouble because they were just happy I was alive. I never gave that incident a lot of, you know, I just thought it was something that happened, right? 50 years later, when I started to do this work, I uncovered the belief from that event that I was not safe alone. Mm. Perfectly appropriate belief for a five-year-old who just put herself on fire. Yeah, Yeah, you're not safe alone. Yeah. So these beliefs are made to keep us safe as children, and they do keep us safe, but eventually they keep us small. So when I got divorced at 45 years old, I didn't feel safe because that little wounded child didn't feel safe. And I didn't know it, you know, but it just led to everything. It was many years later when I uncovered that belief that all of a sudden I could breathe and be like, wait a minute, you know, I'm financially secure, I'm bright, I'm, I'm educated, I, you know, I'm athletic, I've got two healthy sons, I can basically do anything, I should be happy because I'm safe, and I am safe alone, that changed everything for me. Yeah. So these beliefs sound like I'm not good enough, or I need to, I need to um, 
do everything to stay safe. I need to control everything to be safe. I need to please everybody to be loved. I need to be perfect to be loved. My voice doesn't matter. My opinions don't matter. So if you have any of those beliefs, it's very hard to set healthy boundaries because if your voice doesn't matter or your opinion doesn't matter, you're not worthy of your your, um, opinion being heard Mm -hmm. or your needs being met you won't be able to set boundaries because that belief comes first. It's most important. Yeah. Most of the women, most of the women that I, I, I talk to, they find themselves in this state of, well, you know, yeah, I'm happy. I have the dog, I have the cat or the, you know, I have the kids. I have my husband, everything's going well, but it's just there. I feel like something's missing and autopilot is most of the time where they go and and they've been there they they didn't even realize it so what can we do so we start paying attention or even identify if we're there right now i think part of the problem is that women are generally other referenced they're not self-referenced so Tell us more. Love, I love this. They don't love themselves for themselves. They don't know that they are enough the way they are. They are looking for other people to like. I have clients that are so obsessed with that. Pe- their family's not grateful for what they're doing, or that their job's important, but they're not being appreciated. And that's because that little wounded child their own wounded inside child is always still looking for other people to tell them they're a good girl, they're worthy. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn to love ourselves first and to yeah. respect ourselves first. And that comes from staying in integrity with the things you tell yourself you're going to do. So if you have a goal and you say you want to lose five pounds And on day one or day five, you let it go. We're very used to doing that. That's the autopilot. We make promises to ourselves. We get into autopilot. We don't even remember we made that promise. Mm -hmm. You have to stay mindful of exactly what you told yourself you're going to do. And you have to stay to the letter of what you tell yourself you're going to do. And that's how you learn to love yourself. And I promise you, when you love yourself, you're happy. Yeah. And you're living intentionally. Mm -hmm. You're living intentionally. You're living in integrity and you don't need somebody else's blessing to know your own worth. Bingo. And that's what makes you happy. Nor do you need to accomplish a task in order for somebody to validate you or in order for you to be lovable. Absolutely. So what would be the steps we would need to take? So, okay, we're in autopilot. Now what? What steps do we need to take so we can get out of autopilot? Well, you have to start asking yourself some questions. You know, um, I'm a a Debbie Ford coach and she has this book called um, The Right Questions. Mm -hmm. And she thinks that before you make a decision or take an action, you have to ask yourself certain questions like, will this propel me to the future I want or keep me in the past? Mm -hmm. Um, is this an act of faith or an act of fear? There's like, there's 12 of them. Um, am I doing this to serve myself or am I doing this to serve another? And when you start to ask yourself some of these questions before you take action, you're out of autopilot. You're being mindful. 
because so many of us do something out of fear instead of out of faith that the universe has our back and everything's going to happen exactly as it should. Or we're doing things, women do things all the time to please somebody else. And so you have to stop. That's a great question. Am I doing this to please myself or to please another? So if you're doing it to please another, don't do it. Yeah. You know, Yeah. you want to do things that please you. You want to put the oxygen mask on you before you put it on your family members or, or at work or anything. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, you're in a better place to actually give more willingly because yeah. you've already taken care of yourself. And now you've got what's left over to give. That makes sense. So that's the first thing. Get, you know, get mindful. Ask yourself some good questions. Decide every day what's what's the most self-honoring thing I'm going to do for myself today. And then that's just one thing. Do it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. start with that. Can you give us some examples? Uh, Sure. I'm going to go take, I'm going to go exercise for an hour. I'm going to go take a Pilates class. I'm going to go get a manicure. I'm going to call the doctor I've been afraid to call and make that appointment. Uh, Anything that I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes. You know, if you, I I mean, I'm somebody that's like that too. I tell myself often I'm going to do something or I'm going to start a meditating practice. And like 10 days later, I'm already, (laughs) I skip a day and then I'm off and I don't do it anymore. That's Mm -hmm. why I love this thing that I do. I, every day my alarm goes off at 11, 11 mm-hmm. and at 11, 11, most times I can stop. Sometimes I have to turn it off and do it a little while later. Cause I'll remember that I didn't do it. I stop at 11, 11 and I think of something I want to manifest. And I then picture that I've already got it. I pick one thing I've already got it. And then what does it feel like? I'm feeling how grateful I am or how excited I am, or I actually allow the feeling of how I feel to get in there. Mm -hmm. And then I go on with my day. That's me totally not an autopilot. That's me definitely helping myself in the future because sometimes you might be manifesting something with somebody else. And then just because you are manifesting it, you're actually changing the way you feel about that person because you're already been feeling what you want to be feeling. So I started this about maybe five months ago and I'm on my fifth thing. And so far every single, because I stick with the one thing until the event or whatever I needed to have happen, happens. That's me out of autopilot. And that's so easy. Everyone can do that. Yeah. All right. So those two steps, being mindful, being able to ask yourself the right question. And then the second step is being able to come up with something that you want to do and actually execute it. Yeah, exactly. We can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you. And guess what? It's 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy-to-use strategies to apply right now. That's right, right now, today. You all know I'm a huge advocate for you mamas, and I am on a mission to help you experience true connection and stress-free living. Ladies, we are setting our marriages up for success. It starts with you. You will find this freebie here in my show notes or go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash guide. 
The information I will be providing you is next level and people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend who needs it. So a question that I know a couple of women might have is, all right, so you, you're, you're living it, you're in it, you set the goal and um, you're feeling it. Has it happened? Has it come to fruition at the end of the day? Is it something that you've thought of for that day? Is it a goal for that day? Or is it, um, you know, when you're meditating and you're coming up with something that you want, you know, to execute, it, does it happen where it's like, holy moly, it actually happened. And I met, I met my goal at the end of the day. Are you talking about the 1111? Yeah. The 1111 is not for something for that day. It's for something. It's like, I'm, I'm a presenter at Rancho La Porta. And so for like two weeks before I went, I was manifesting that my, my classes were full and that I came away at the end of the two weeks with new clients Mm. and both things happened. My classes were really well received. They were full. I came away with like some amazing new clients that I still have. I loved it. And so I did that for a couple of weeks and then I could then once my two weeks there were done, I moved on to something else. And then when that came, I moved on to something else. So it's out in the future. And my things have not been that far out in the future. They've been a few weeks out in the future. And when I get them, I move on to the next thing. (laughs) I love that. What is it about being able to manifest and being able to put yourself in those moments of you already received it before you received it? What is it about that that motivates you to actually pursue it? And it keeps it right there in the forefront. I think it's an energetic, it's it's an energy that's going out into the ethos, right? And also because I'm manifesting it and I'm already feeling as if I have it, it changes some of my actions. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it happens. It's not just that I'm dreaming this up, but I think that because I'm already thinking about it, I'm changing the way I feel and the way I'm coming about it. Yeah. There's so much more motivation to actually pursue it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you yeah. know, it's sort of like you have to do the work. It's not, yeah. I always, I always tell my, my clients who are waiting for the perfect man, like, it's not like pizza delivery. It's, <laughs> it's not going to just come to your, your door. You actually have to become the person you want to attract. Like that's my advice to my female clients and my male clients. Actually, mm-hmm. you, if you want a specific kind of person with the qualities and activities and, you know, whatever it is, you must be that person first and then you will attract that same person in. So yeah. I always think that, you know, it's like, where's Waldo? The person has left his house and he's on his way or her way. But until you're ready to actually meet them, you're not going to meet them. Mm -hmm. So the work is always about you. Why do you think most women are so attached to autopilot? Well, I think it's men and women. I think that anybody who comes to me is actually stuck there. I think that that's part of being an autopilot. You Mm -hmm. don't know you're in autopilot until somebody actually stops you and, and, you know, 
says, well, wait a minute, like, why are you doing this? And how do you feel about that? And why have you, you know, why has that been okay for you? Right. Mm -hmm. Why are you putting up with that? Why are you doing that? When you start asking, how can you look at this differently? Like, see, for me, the other big part about getting out of autopilot is to become the observer instead of the reactor. So when you're an autopilot, you're just reacting. You know, you're getting triggered, you're reacting, you're responding, you're doing childish things because when you get triggered, it's your wounded child who's getting activated. And so therefore your response is going to be childish. When you step back and become the observer, then you get to work on it. Hmm. Why am I feeling that way? Mm -hmm. Why did I just get triggered? What could the person's intention have been? Why am I making this about me? Or what am I making this mean about me? How can I look at it differently? These are all perfect questions. They pop you out of autopilot and they make you the observer instead of the reactor, because now you've gotten a chance to remove yourself from the drama because you're in the questioning and the observing mode and it will change your reaction. Oh, absolutely. Emotions are no no longer consuming you and you're not personalizing everything that's happening. I, I, I use that myself. Um, I, I love that. Another question that, you know, when women are so in that, so stuck into that autopilot mode, I'll ask is, you know, I get you have this beautiful life. Where do you fit in it? Because I see you doing all of these things for everyone. And yes, I understand it comes from this place of love. And I understand that, you know, that you're saying you're just that type of person that wants to give, give, give. However, the person that gives, gives, gives you know, is also falling in line with somebody that might be codependent where your entire worth is based off of other people's responses or reactions or how they receive it. And so, you know, I, going back to what you said, never truly feeling fulfilled with who you are and kind of only reading how other people receive you. I I love that. Um, the next question is, um, how do we hold ourselves accountable to make this happen. So we'll do it for 10 days and then we stop or we'll do it for a day or it was an idea. And then we go back to our maybe not so great unhealthy habits. Right. Well, that's why life coaches are great because they become an accountability partner. So my first thing is hire a life coach. If you're not going to hire a life coach, get yourself an accountability partner. Like if you know that's just not something you're good at, when you tell somebody else and then you have to check in with them every day to say you did it, you will become more accountable. And then hopefully you're going to understand that to truly love and have more confidence and more self-trust and more self-love, it comes from being accountable. So confidence comes from action. Yeah. That's how you get it. So staying accountable to yourself and taking actions that you say you're going to do for yourself, not for other people. We we already know that you're probably pretty good at doing that towards other people, but doing it for yourself and staying accountable is what you need to learn. So until you can do it on your own, A, hire a coach, B, get a partner and not necessarily your own partner, you know, get a girlfriend, get somebody that's not that you're not going to then get pissed at because they're like saying you weren't going to eat that. I thought, right. So that's not, you know, don't get your partner. 
Um, but the other thing you said that I wanted to go back to about women always being these people pleasers and doing for other people it's because this belief that we have from our childhood that like love and life means taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. And that, so again, you're other referenced and you can, you have to make yourself a priority or that's how it's going to stay. And you're yeah. never going to be fulfilled because your needs are not being met. Yeah. yeah. So when you start making yourself a priority, then you will also learn that People aren't going to, like, when I have clients who I do boundary work, they're so afraid of setting a boundary because mm-hmm. they're so afraid of the, the the other person's reaction. And I, number one, I try to tell them, you're afraid of the short-term discomfort, but yeah. you're willing to stay in long-term discomfort. Yep. Right? So that's number one. Number two, people actually who are in your life, they want to do what you need. They just don't know what you yeah. need. Yeah. So yeah. if when you ask with grace and ease and you say, you make it about you, I feel angry or I feel disrespected or I feel afraid when you do X, would you be willing to do Y? Mm-hmm. And when you ask for it that way, they're usually like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't do it, it's you who has to make the change. We can't make other people. So it's only you that can cross your boundaries. So if I say to somebody, for example, um, let's say I have a client whose husband is drinking too much and it's becoming an issue and he, he gets like angry or nasty when he has more than two drinks. And she says, I, I, we say that she's going to say, you know, I get, I get really angry when you have more than two drinks. Would you be willing to stop at two drinks? And in order to honor and respect myself, if you don't, I'm going to sleep alone in the bedroom that night, or mm-hmm. I'm going to sleep in the guest room. If you're not brave enough to say, you know, you're out of the bedroom, yeah. I'm going to sleep in the guest room. And then when they have more than two drinks, you must follow through. Yes. If you yes. set a boundary, you have to follow through. There, you have to have what 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 you're going to do if they don't do it. But in general, they're happy to do what you're asking for. And then you're happier because you just stuck up for yourself in yeah. a way you haven't been doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're showing up. You're showing up for yourself. Showing up for yourself. Yeah. Which builds up that confidence, that trust. Exactly. And also in turn builds up that sense of self-worth. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I I love the example you gave about what a boundary looks like and why we need to respect it. One, one thing I'm often met with is, well, okay, so I'm making all of these changes. You know, I'm starting to set boundaries. I'm starting to say no. I, I recognize that I'm not happy and I do want change. But I can't truly change until my husband joins me. I can't do it. I'm at a standstill. What do you say to women that that will that will give you that answer? Listen, Nancy, you're great. I love what you're doing. However, I can't go anywhere because my husband, you know, he's so stuck in his ways and you know, I'm trying to develop new strategies and new levels of communication, but 
Nothing will really change until he changes. Yeah. What do you say to I, that? I do get that. Right? I, I get it all the time, girl. I, I get it all true. the time. I have a new client who's 80 years old. And after working with me for about a month, she said to me, if my husband doesn't come and work with you, I'm going to have to divorce him. And, I'm, and I said, no, you don't. Like, you just stay on your side of the street and you work on you. Yep. Because when the yep. date, you're in the you're dance in with your partner. And when the dance partner changes, the dance changes. Yes. You just start working on you. And, I, and it's what happens is that people will, they get like a righteous position around, well, I'm doing all this work on myself and he's not. Mm-hmm. You just keep working on you and the change will come. Yep. And you set boundaries. And if you stick to your boundary, they're, they're going to get it. And it yeah. may not work as quickly as you want it to, but change does happen. Just stay on your side of the street. Yeah. When you're on autopilot for so long, people start to get accustomed to it and you're doing all of these things for them. So you are going to be met with some form of setback. You are, you are, of course. you know, we all, we all will. And, you know, one thing I'll often say is you have a small moment of discomfort or a lifetime of resentment and that lifetime resentment. Of resentment, people don't even know about it. People aren't even aware of it. Your husband has no idea that you've built up all of this resentment against him only because you refuse to step outside of your comfort zone and assert yourself, set boundaries, or even work on yourself. You know, I, I remember working with um, one of my clients and she said, Well, I'm just gonna have to be married for the rest of my life because nothing's gonna change. And I don't ever want to divorce my family or my husband because of how it'll impact my family. And it's so interesting that a good amount of us believe that it has to be so extreme for change to even be considered. When in reality, the minute we do start to make those changes, yeah, the song does change and your your husband might not be familiar with this song or this new dance. And he will make his adjustments because you've set that boundary You've communicated your needs. You've communicated whatever you want in life. They will make that shift regardless if they want to or don't, because you're not budging with a boundary. Right. Yeah. And you have to have compassion. Yes. My 80 year old client, they've been together for 60 years. She's been his doormat for 60 years. Yeah. He's not going to just all of a sudden no. say, oh, I love the new you, right? No, no, <laughs> not, not at all. There's going to be a little bit of a fight. Yeah, of course. Yes. So have compassion for your partner because you co-created the relationship and that yeah. relationship has been okay for a really long time. And yeah. you can actually say, I'm working on myself. And I realized that I've been overgiving and overdoing and I'm going to, I need to, I need to balance that out. So there is being selfish is on the same spectrum as being selfless Mm -hmm. and women think that selfless is a good word and selfish is a bad word. But the reality is that when you're selfless, you disappear. Yep. Like I can look back at my marriage and I loved this man so much. I made, I put him on a pedestal yeah. and I did everything for him. 
And after 26 years, I can see that that became boring and actually suffocating. He literally said to me, I want to love a woman as much as you love me. And at the time I thought that, but I do love you that much. Why would you want out of that? But I can now look back and see that's part of my co-creation. I overgave and overdid. And when you overtake responsibility for somebody else, you're undertaking responsibility for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so like I work with clients now also with their children and it's very hard to get them. Like I have these super moms, you know, they're super women, they're very accomplished, but they're still doing so over giving and doing for their children that their married daughters still look to them to do things where at this point they're married daughters, they need to become their own super moms. And you're, you're actually handicapping them by still doing everything for them. And so you have to look at where you're overtaking responsibility. You may think you're being, you're doing a good job for these people, but you're not. You're, 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 you're keeping them from their own soul's evolution of having the, the failures and the glory that they're supposed to be having. And that's a big, you know, that's a big thing. We're all going to fall. Nobody gets through life without falling, but if you don't be learned to be resilient, you're not going to, that first time you fall, you're going to, it's going to cripple you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. There are two questions I often ask my guests. One of them is, what are you doing right now to live the life you want to live? What am I doing? So I wrote this book called Bigger, Better, Braver. And the universe keeps throwing me opportunities to be bigger, better, braver. And I just keep saying yes. So I ignore the imposter syndrome that's saying, no, you can't do that. That's too big for you, right? You're not that. And then I realized that the moment I step in, I am that. So I, for the last year and a half now, I've just been saying yes. And I've been doing everything I can possibly do to be bigger, better, braver. And that's what I'm doing. I love that. Love that. What would you say to the mom who feels stressed and disconnected? She feels disconnected from her family or from Mm -hmm. her friends and from everybody. Again, she's on autopilot. She's not listening to her emotions. She's depleted. So she needs to see, you know, part of setting boundaries is where are you losing your energy? Where are you overdoing? Mm -hmm. Who can you get to do some of the things that you're doing? So it's not always, how can I do this? It's who can help me do this? So I I do, I work with, I had a client once who has four children. She's a really good chef. She's vegan. She, she's, it was really important to her that all the kids have healthy meals and that she, but she also goes to all the kids sports and does everything. And she's a triathlete and I'm listening to her. I said, you have, and she's financially secure. And I said, You have to hire yourself a chef that's going to come in and either do all the prep work and leave the stuff for a couple of days a week. And you'll, then that'll help you out. And she said, well, don't you think that's a little excessive? (laughs) I said, 
I think four kids is excessive, but <laughs> that's already happened. So if you want to do all of these things, you're not a superwoman. Where can you make the changes? Who can you get to help you? Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that women don't realize that they need some who's in their life. Yeah, I agree. I, I love that. I, I <laughs> It made me think one of my girlfriends, she was like, you need to hire a house cleaner. And I'm like, there's no chance I'm going to do it. How embarrassing, you know, somebody's going to clean up after me. No, I'll do it. I'll, I'll figure it out. And she's like, Veronica, like I'm, I'm thinking of your life and I'm already exhausted. And she's like, you know, I, I love that you said that the four kids already happened. Yeah. The three kids already happened. We can't take them back. Horses so, out of the barn. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so what can we do? And the, one of the biggest lessons I've learned for myself is in order for me to live intentionally, I do need a hire. I, I do need to hire people. And yes, it, you know, it is an adjustment. However, it's so necessary because instead of yelling at my kids, because the house is a mess, I can actually go for bike rides. I can go to the park. I can jump in the pool. I can be a mom. I can be a mom. And my, I, I'm already very much stretched with all of the things I'm doing. I don't ever want my kids to feel like they're an inconvenience or they're part of my schedule, you know? And so I, lo- I, I love that you went straight there with regards to answering that question because we don't realize a good amount of us are on autopilot. And yes, you have the dog, the cat, the husband, you know, the kids and the life and the house. However, how intentional are you in living your day-to-day life? Yeah. And then you feel guilty yes. for not being happy. Yes. But you're depleted. You, yeah. you have no resilience. And so yeah. and if you're afraid to ask for help or to get the who's, then yeah. you have to look at the belief that's underneath that. Yes. Because you have a belief that like love and life means being superwoman. Well, that belief is what needs to change. So you can hang up the cape. Yep. We don't need the cape. Nope. Like I'm, I'm so much happier. I work all the time and I'm so much happier because I've made myself a priority. Like I'm a great mother. I'm a great grandmother. I give them as much as I can. I'm, you know, I have a partner for four and a half years, but I, I'm made myself a priority probably for the first time in my life. And so I'm balanced. Yep. I do what works for me. I don't over travel. I don't under travel. I don't, I make time for myself every day. I have my own non-negotiables and those are part of my life. And everyone needs to know what their own non-negotiables are and must maintain them. Hell yeah. Nancy, where can we find you? You are absolutely amazing. Amazing. I love you. Where can we find you for those that want to so, get more information? So, um, I mean, com is my website. And anybody can can sign up for a free discovery call with me. Awesome. My book, Bigger, Better, Braver, is on Amazon and anywhere books, uh, all the online books and some bookstores. But with COVID, it's not as often. Instagram, um, Clubhouse, Facebook. I'm everywhere and all Nancy Picard, Nancy Picard life coach. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
And I will, I think I gave you, if not, I'll send them to you, but I give a free gift of a free chapter and also a bigger, better, braver quiz that you can give to all of your listeners. So Yay! Yes, I was gonna ask you, do you have a freebie for us? I do. Yes. I think there's three. I'll set one is the self-love, one is on bigger, better, braver, and one is the free chapter of my book. I am super excited. I'll email you my media kit and that they're in there. Okay, awesome. Nancy, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. You've given us so much information. Ladies, if you were not taking notes, replay this. Nancy's been amazing, giving us huge golden nuggets. Thank you so much for being on here. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl game. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind Podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. 
We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.